Hello and welcome to Movie Go Round, a film discussion podcast that rotates between themes every single week on a five-week schedule. This week's theme is Around the World. Hello, everybody. My name is Brett Stewart. Joining me, David Luzader. How are you? I am doing well. How are you? I I am almost... I have, like, whiplash from having seen this movie for the, for the first time. I felt like I was just getting kicked back repeatedly through the screen. Yeah, so we got a lot that. to talk about. Uh, Nicole Davis, how are you? I'm doing well. I got all my chores done for today, and I've got sewing to do later. And, uh, yeah, I'm, and I watched this movie and remembered how very 80s it was and I to talk about it. <laughs> My God. <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie came out in 1985. I do want to, before we announce this week's movie, let's talk a little bit about next week. Next week is You Did This To Us. If you're listening, the time for voting has already passed, but you can follow along for future votes. If you go and follow us on Facebook or Twitter, just type in Movie Go Round and you will find us real easily over there. And then you can go and vote along with us. This time, however, we do have a wonderful guest uh, host with us. It's going to be Patrick Walsh of the Scream Queens podcast, the podcast where horror gets gay. Uh, We're very excited to have Patrick on the show, so be sure to not only tune in next week for you did this to us and vote in future weeks but check out his podcast so you're you know you know what's going down with patrick before he comes and joins us here on movie go round and i want to point out real quick uh the podcast where horror gets gay is their tagline that is not just brett's brett giving commentary (laughs) on the podcast (laughs) right thank you for saving me those emails uh all right police story 1985 david we are watching what, to my, to my understanding, is the pinnacle Jackie Chan movie. Uh, I'll give a brief synopsis and then have you explain why you picked it for Around the World. Um, in trying to track down or take down a drug lord, Sergeant Jackie Chan of the Hong Kong police is first tasked with protecting a witness, the drug lord's pretty secretary, then discredited when she escapes and the drug lord is declared not guilty. When he gets another chance to capture the boss, Jackie is framed for the murder of one of his colleagues and must gather the evidence to clear his name. Now, he's not called Jackie Chan in the movie. <laughs> well, actually, in my in the dub that I watched, he was. Um, really? Earlier yeah. dubs. Yeah. Earlier English dubs. He was Kevin Chan. Mm-hmm. Uh, See, I watched. Did you guys both watch dub? No, I watched the I watched it on uh, HBO Max, which has the. uh the sub. Okay, that's what I, I did. watched it on a totally legitimate YouTube <laughs> upload um, that I'm sure was sanctioned by all production companies involved. Okay, so so because mine, he was called his first name was Chan, and then his his last well, name was well, Chan is still it's yeah it's the, the Asian names it's, are kind oh, of flipped right right how, okay yeah so Kakui Chan would be like Kaku how Chan. you would Americanize it. Americanize it. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so uh, Kakui Chan is his name in the version I watched. Um, does he do his own voiceover in the dub, Nicole? Not the one I watched. No. Gotcha. Huh. I was just curious because I know he, I know he speaks fluent English as well. Um, 
Right on. Well, police story, David, 1985. Why did you pick this pinnacle of the 80s? <laughs> well, we hadn't done a Jackie Chan film yet. And I know I did this whole thing of like, here's a whole bunch of martial arts films. And it felt wrong to not include a Jackie Chan movie uh, at some point. Now, this is definitely one of the most iconic Jackie Chan films, um, which is part of the reason that I, I picked it. Also, because last year um, I got to see this and uh, the sequel, Police Story 2, in a uh, like the 4K edition came out and they uh, released it at the, the Alamo Draft House um, at my uh, near where I used to live, did a double feature and went and saw that. And it was just, it was great and so much fun. So uh, when I was looking for a movie for this time around, I got reminded of Police Story and I was like, you know what? Let's talk about Police Story. This must have been so much fun with a crowd. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much absurdity in in this movie <laughs> to like, because like, okay, so here's the thing I did not expect. Let's let's dive into this portion first. Uh, for me is, Nicole, you'd seen this before, correct? Uh, d- yes. Yeah, I didn't remember some of it, but I definitely have seen this. Okay, so so I'm I as usual when it comes to uh you know East Asian films I'm very removed from it. Um, I'd never seen a Jackie Chan movie before, at least not at least not one where he's doing what he's known for. I, I saw The Foreigner, I think, uh, a couple <laughs> years ago. But in any case, uh, I wasn't expecting so much slapstick comedy. Mm-hmm. It's a very different. Uh, <laughs> it's a very different tone than every other you know kung fu movie we've watched. Like there's. Nicole, you put in our docket three pies to the face. There's a moment where he steps in poo and has to boogie in order to get it off his shoes. Uh, there's just so much weird slapstick stuff in here. I did not expect. Part of that is because that's how Jackie Chan differentiated himself. Um, you know, you had this was coming off an era of Bruce Lee, and Bruce Lee was the best at what he did. You know, Bruce Lee uh, is a legend. And Jackie Chan coming up from that, it's like, well, you know, if, if you just do everything exactly like Bruce Lee did it, you're not going to stand out. So he would, he was the guy who like was still sort of invincible in the way that Bruce Lee was. But when he punches somebody like, ah, oh, it hurts, you know, cause I just hit somebody with a book and that like hurt my hand to hit him with a book. And, you know, he's constantly getting like beat up and doing this like goofy stuff with the environment. Like these are the ways that he built who he is. Is there yeah, something plus, to be said? Um, oh, go ahead, Nicole. Oh, that's good. Uh, Buster Keaton's one of his idols. Yes. So he w- definitely wanted to integrate some physical comedy. And I wanted to point out that he he does not just boogie to get the poop off no. his shoes. He break dances to get the poop <laughs> off his shoes. He does a flawless moonwalk. He does. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's the other thing is I didn't, I guess, having never seen young Jackie Chan, I didn't expect him to be as charming as i found him while problematic at times mind you uh very charming <laughs> yeah oh god he's a he's a jerk in this movie <laughs> he really charming is a jerk but a jerk right. oh for sure he has the charisma of jackie chan but then the yeah. things that yeah he says and especially in that scene when uh when may thinks he's brought another woman to his place and everything that happens after that, you're just like, oh, you're such a you're such a jackass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so we'll back up and, and we'll revisit some of the slapsticky stuff. Let's talk about the intro to this movie. And I'm yeah. thinking the entire time 
where do you go? It goes zero to 60. So immediately it, it gives you just enough of an, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a movie that jumps this quickly into action within two minutes. You are in full intensity gunfights and car chases and him hanging off the back of a bus while holding on to it with an umbrella. And I was sitting there for the first 10 minutes thinking to myself, how do you go up from here? And I was surprised that they actually managed to keep upping that intensity and, and that ante kept being raised. Um, and also to Nicole's point in our docket, this is kind of a crazily poorly organized sting operation. You know how to not launch a massive coordinated sting operation is give each person individual orders and then immediately shred them. <laughs> Things yeah, don't go as planned. <laughs> they go downhill real quick. You don't want to coordinate. No. Yeah, no, it's it's, a, it's it's no surprise to me that nobody knows what the other guys are doing because they're not supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not and they're not the least conspicuous people either. All of them have these earpieces right. that are that stand out so like if that's what that's what gets them spotted is somebody notices their earpiece like right away. It's like, well, yeah, of course. You're all walking around with these giant black things on your head. But he's also yep. standing there in the open, talking in the earpiece while conspicuously looking through binoculars at whatever he's supposed to be spying on. And then Jackie Chan tries to be cool about it and like goes and orders a tea. And the guy like gives him a wink and a nod and say, oh, you're ordering tea? Like, no, but you've compromised our cover. Uh, it goes downhill so fast. And just this whole scene is just unbelievable. And, and watching the credit reel where they show them shooting it. And I was shocked to see how much of it is practical. It seems like pretty much everything is with him. It's incredible. It yep. literally goes downhill when they destroy that shanty town by driving three cars through it. Yeah, right. this is this is legendary. This is one of the the key stunts in just like the Jackie Chan cannon was driving these cars directly through all the structures of this shanty town. Although if you, if you pay careful attention, you know, Jackie's character does carefully steer around everything uh-huh. that he yeah. can. He's a good guy. Sure. Whereas the bad guys <laughs> just go straight through. Oh, and it's, it looks great. It's awesome to watch. Yeah. It's incredible. It's and then when the, when the bad, you know, drug Lords are getting away and they hop on a public bus as one does um, when you're getting away from the police. Uh, he hangs on to it with a with an umbrella, and he ha- it had to be a metal umbrella because a wooden umbrella just wouldn't hold tight enough, and it, it just wasn't as safe as as a metal one. Apparently, <laughs> I love um, that. <laughs> Nothing about what he's doing is safe to begin with. That's what I love right. about it. It's like, oh, we need a metal umbrella. Not, I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> Um, because he really does it. Like all, I guess that's what blows me away continually about these incredible people like him and and Donnie Yen and all these guys that you've introduced me to, David. Um, he's, they're just such badasses. That's all I gotta <laughs> say about it. Is that it's unbelievable what they're doing. They're such athletes, and I was really impressed with Jackie Chan. And for me, I think I could have seen this movie even before any of the others you've shown me, and I would have gotten a lot out of it because it does feel to me like it's accessible for kind of like a kung fu movie like it's not set in olden times or uh whatever right, right. like it's like it's 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 an 80s cop movie with some of the same trappings of lethal weapon and the like like it's it's recognizable to a western audience to me oh, yeah. a little more so 
It's got yeah, it all doesn't look like a Shaw Brothers film where everybody's got the you know the the hair cues and right and robes with the floppy sleeves and everything. You know, it's, this is modern time, modern day Hong Kong. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Jackie Chan's athleticism was it's in this movie particularly is is pretty impressive. But he trained at the Peking Opera School uh, from childhood. So he'd had a lot of training in acrobatics and, you know, just building his body and keeping it in tip top shape. Now I didn't realize this and I, 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 one of you should probably have more information on this. I didn't realize he directed it until I was opening Mm -hmm. the movie and seeing the opening reel and, and co-wrote it. I, it seems pretty incredible because to my understanding, it's fairly early in his career that he had had a film prior to this that was supposed to be his big Western debut and that didn't pan out. So then this was what he did next. Pretty much. Yeah. He uh, was supposed to have this American debut with the protector, I believe was the film. Um, Didn't go over very well. So he got kind of soured on working in the American market. So he went back uh, to China where he'd already, you know, built himself up fairly well and made this yeah when did he do cannonball run 2 he has like a cameo in that uh i am not sure like a very tiny role 1981 okay so i mean i think that that was if i if i'm remembering right i think that was his first american film experience but he wasn't able to break into the market at that time yeah, yeah, I think like the protector was supposed to be the first big like Jackie Chan movie in America, and was not. Oh, interesting. He says that for Cannonball Run, he was largely ignored after that by American North American audiences in favor of actors like Burt Reynolds. But he was particularly impressed with Cannonball Run with the outtakes and the closing credits, and that was something that he wanted to later use. It looks like he ended up using that not. Too long after, Uh, um, because he certainly has a ton of those in this. Uh, We'll we'll move to some of our other discussion topics. Um, Let's let's talk about poor May. Uh, So Jackie Chan is 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 tasked with defending um, Selena, uh, but and and she is their their key witness to try to put these drug lords away. Uh, Not necessarily a uh, forthcoming witness, and May is his girlfriend. And mm-hmm. poor May. <laughs> poor, yeah. poor yeah. May. Yeah. 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 She she puts up with a lot more than she ought to. Uh, <laughs> Agreed. I'm not sure why she stays with him because he's not, he doesn't treat her particularly well. Or, you know, we don't see him showing her a lot of affection. Affection. He's just like, trying to convince her to stay with him for no particular reason that I can. Fathom. Yeah, I want to. I want to say it gets better in in the next one, but I can't remember super clearly because she's in the next two police story movies, um, and is is a little bit more a part of it all, or at least a little bit more a part of the plot. But I I can't say for sure that she gets the treatment that she deserves as a human being. She just seems anno- he seems annoyed at her the entire time. I mean, she she's giving him a birthday party, a surprise birthday party when he comes home that brings Selena there uh, to keep her safe for the night until she can testify the next day. So 
it's it's all kosher like he's good he's not bringing back a girl he shouldn't be bringing back um but she gets the wrong idea and storms out that's when we get the cake in the face uh and then he has the scene where he's sitting in the shower talking about how horrible his may is and how she'll have to come crawling back to him and he might let her apologize and she's probably going to call him straight from the street because she'll be she'll be too upset she won't even be able to get home on her own she's just totally you know beside herself and of course she's actually there listening to him which is very cringy but it's just for for may the door opens up for me where it's like one of the first instances of what are you doing jackie chan like he slaps <laughs> selena in the first three minutes of this movie and then yeah i remember that from the first time and, and i'm talking like like he is pinning her on the ground, not trying to handcuff her, and like hits her hard. And then the second yeah, part spits on him, right? And then spits I'm on her like, back after he hits her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, you know that much kung fu, and you can't restrain her without hitting her. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit! You're supposed to be the good guy. And then, and then, not yeah. twenty minutes later, May is like rightfully trying to get away on her little, you know, seg not segway, like a little moped. Scooter. Yeah, scooter, a little scooter. Yeah. And he like grabs her backpack and the scooter goes flying and she you know flies backward off the scooter. And yeah. What's going on, man? Like this stuff wouldn't fly nowadays. There's there's some stuff in this movie that wouldn't fly no. nowadays. And I know it's the case in any 80s movie, but my goodness, the the rough yeah, housing with women is entitled. <laughs> yeah, and also just like the like like with her in particular, it's not even like he's like hitting her. It's just that he's like really rough with her. It's yeah, not great. She's she's a doormat in this movie, and I don't like it because it's Maggie Chung and she's adorable. And yeah. she, you know, she's the she's playing the girl next door role in this movie, which she was super good at and did a mm. lot of. Um but she's just so so sweet. You know, like when she's when she's over when she's listening to him talking to Selena and like Selena's trying to be helpful and trying to like mm -hmm. give him these opportunities to compliment his girlfriend <laughs> and say nice things about her. And he's just blowing it completely. So bad. And her face is just like this gets this little hopeful look and then crestfallen and it's just oh you know. And uh, we know from later <laughs> from later movies that we know uh, Maggie Chung can kick some butt because she did in Hero, uh, and it wouldn't be until the third police story movie when uh, Michelle Yeoh was introduced that like a, a woman got a chance to to do some butt kicking, and you know it would have been nice if, uh, if we'd gotten some of that here. Even you know if yep. she has if she has the ability, let her do it. Is she the yeah, lady but... in the Arrow House in Hero? Uh, she's flying snow. So oh, I flying believe. Snow. Yes. Yes, I believe that's her. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I didn't even make that connection. Mm hmm. So. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, she kicks butt. She kicks butt. She's in heroic trio, you know, but for in Jackie Chan movies, generally speaking, you know, women are there to be protected or pursued or ogled. <laughs> yeah and that's something we put in our docket at you least know, the ones in the 80s and the early 90s yeah yeah because nicole you, you put in our docket you know jackie's 
history of sexism. Uh, yeah. And yeah, there, there's. I, we're gonna, called him straight out a sexist pig. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and there's that scene that that I think all of us had some thoughts about, where, oh. it, and, and to David's point in our docket, you know, David says has the opportunity to be a great bit. Um, because what he's doing is he's stuck alone at the police station and all the phones are ringing and he's answering the phone calls and each person has a different problem. One person's getting beat by, beat by her husband. The other says she got yeah. raped. And then one person is saying they Hilarious. lost their cow. And only the third one is funny. And they try to play off all three. Like he'll answer the one, one phone and be like, who raped you? And the guy will be like, oh, I'm missing my cow still. And he'll be like, oh, you. And they like switches to a different phone. And it's just... It it could have been such a funny bit if it hadn't had been those two parts. And he's, and he's also talking to May. He's also he's also on the phone with uh, with May. So it leads to another misunderstanding with her and and her getting upset and him being like, "No, well, it it is from the way that it's set up in the way that that Jackie Chan is rolling around and mixing up these phones and you know he kicks a pencil into his hand. It's just it's a great bit of physical comedy, but." The subject matter of it, of the phone calls, does make it not a little funny. not great. And then he takes all the phones off the hook so he can eat lunch. And then eats two <laughs> pencil erasers. Oh, yeah. Jackie. Oh, Jackie. Yeah, uh, it's. I think you're right. I think I think it is some of the funniest physical comedy if it had had the right subject matter. Um, was that funny in 1985? Or am I just am I am I woke enough in 2020 that I think that this is just uncomfortable? <laughs> I I really don't. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm 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 hesitant about it because a lot of stuff flew by in the 80s. Yeah, it's definitely not funny now, and wasn't really funny then, but was acceptable as funny uh, right. back in the 80s. Let's That's, put it that way. Yeah. That's the impression um, I've gotten about it. Plus, like, plus, I don't know what the cultural scene was like in China at the time. Right. Yeah. That's has historically. I'm going to tread lightly here. It has historically been more sexist. Although the communist, the rise of the communist party in China, you know, gave a lot of lip service to equality of the sexes. Um, but I'm not sure that's that's how it ended up. You know, not a lot of women in positions of power, uh, right? In say Chinese businesses. So, and and that's but I mean I, not a lot here either. <laughs> so, <laughs> we've still got a ways to go. But that's something I want to ask you guys about, and I'll tread equally as lightly here because I'm not sure how to land on it. And it seemed to me that the way Jackie talks to women in this movie where he'll be like, oh, shut up, woman, like is almost akin to like early 1950s American like sitcom type stuff. Like it just, it feels late in 1985. And I don't know if that's just because I'm not yeah. keyed into a, a different culture well enough, but there is that element of like, oh, she was hysterical, you stupid woman. And like he kind of does that in this movie a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I think there was still a bit, um, and again, like I really want to emphasize that I cannot speak to Chinese culture, and I don't want to seem like I am, but I think there still is a bit of the whole like, uh, ah, manly man, machismo, and uh, oh, you're, you know, 
now the woman, like I'm going to put you in your place because I'm the strong man. And it really has not aged in any way well. No, although some of that's British influence as well. I mean, this was made in Hong Kong, which was, you know, used to be a a British uh, colony. Um, What's the right term? Is it colony or is it protectorate or something? I mean, Where the British is colonial hand in the Hong yeah. Kong government. So right. Um. So yeah, it was a, not until 1999 that it got swap or 98 or 99 that it got swapped over. So. Well, uh, as long and- as we're as, <laughs> as long as we're talking oh, yeah. about 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 the the, the not so great parts of the eighties that that have not held up well, let's talk about stuff that also probably hasn't held up well but is awesome, uh, which is a lot of this movie. There's so much overdriven electric guitar, guys. It is so uh, absurd. It's it's scored like a Lethal Weapon movie where there's just like. I got placed in a couple of the releases, so. I don't know. I, I think the one that's on HBO is from the Criterion collection. So okay, so that would I be would, the original. I would think that it, yeah, it would have the original stuff. Especially because it's not the dub version that we watched. We watched the original sub, so I would think it's the original. Yeah, so score. mine was probably different. But boy, is it super synthy and super <laughs> overdriven and awesome in its own way. Oh, and like Very. there's there's always overdriven drums, and like they're like really heavily reverberated. So he'll so he'll be like fighting someone, and he'll just be going like the entire time in the background. Everything's yeah. over the top. What I what I love about scores, especially kind of from this era, is you would have a scene where there would be no score, and then the the you know the movie would cut to a character, and right when they do, like a musical cue plays, right. and it's. Not at all subtle. It is just very like in your face and like suddenly very loud from nowhere. Especially yes. in a lot of martial arts films, and I love it. I love it. I it, it's so of its era. It hasn't held up, and that's what's actually great about it is that it it it's just it's so obtuse <laughs> in the way it's scored, and I I just love it. I really do have a fondness for it. Well, and the clothes too. Like in the first five minutes when you see Selena for the first time, she's putting on this pair of sunglasses that are so 80s. They have this angled bit on the top of them that make them just a bit new wave. And it's... Or, <laughs> or when she's uh, what she's wearing in the the house that they're keeping her at the villa they're keeping her at, which is like this all white tracksuit that's just got like a <laughs> bunch of like colorful lines on it and like a like there's a big depiction of like a tiger on the back. It is it, it is not something you would ever see anybody wear today. Yet at the same well, time, I want lingerie. it. <laughs> oh right her like she's what she was gonna wear to bed tap pants on that's what those that style of bottoms that she had they were called tap pants <laughs> and they were often sold in sets with teddies and uh yeah it's also very 80s and he's like here have my letterman jacket to cover up with right yeah. now, now i looked it up online and I, I guess it's like a thing that like jackie chan just likes to wear sweaters because i noticed throughout this movie he's just wearing like like not like sweaters, but like sweat shirts. I guess would probably be the better description. I think it's so he can take them off dramatically <laughs> when he's preparing to fight. 
I mean, he's shirtless a lot in this movie. And as I was watching the out, outtakes, he's shirtless a lot while directing, too. He's just shirtless a lot. So it's probably hot. I, you know, it, it, when you're built like that, go ahead. You know, I was about to say, he looks like Jackie Chan. Yeah, yeah there's a gratuitous, gratuitous nudity in this movie, and it's his. You know, right. as he's getting into the shower, <laughs> you get a butt shot, and you get to see his abs on full display, and it's like, whoa. Right. Yeah, good on you, man. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> I mean, obviously from what he's doing in the movie, but it's like, clearly this man works out. Right. Yeah. If there's any way this, uh, cause this has so many tropes that are so 1980s, like the cop on the edge and like the, you know, he has to prove his own innocence. Uh, if there's one yeah. way we, we can reverse the tropes a little bit, it's like, yeah, let's have the nudity be man. Yep. You're, you're so right about the cop on the edge all the way to the point where like, he's a cop on the edge all the way up until the point where the police sergeant's like, I understand, man, but I can't help you. You're on your own yeah. from here. Like, we're all rooting for you. I've got to hunt you, but you're on your own. <laughs> right? He literally takes the police inspector hostage mm-hmm. to get out of the police station. And oh, then he's my like, gosh. Yeah, I empathize, man. <laughs> well, I kept expecting. The first time I saw it, I kept expecting it to be like the police inspector was, you know, on the take the whole time. That's what I right. thought initially. Right. But yeah. trick you. My, one of my favorite characters, and I'll have to pull up IMDb here to find his name, is the 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 guy that must be the tier beneath the the superintendent, the the inspector. Oh, Bill Tong. Yes, <laughs> yeah. um, movies. So many suspenders, and he's just wearing all the suspenders in this movie, and he's just great. <laughs> he because he's like the voice of reason that's always looking out for the boys, right? Like he wants to yeah. defend Jackie Chan's character because Jackie Chan gets framed uh, by this by these like you know drug lords for for murdering another officer, uh, which he of course does not do. And the best way to you know defend yourself against that is, as Nicole said, um, abduct the superintendent at gunpoint, uh, which is. <laughs> Like also kind of played for laughs. Like there's like 40 guys in the precinct and all of them keep like putting their hands like to do something. And then they all like slam them back on the tables every single time Jackie Chan yells at him. It's, it's an amusing bit. I don't know what to tell you. It's a good one. I do want to point out that, that Bill Tung has a delightful role in uh, rumble in the Bronx where he plays Jackie's uncle. So I'm, I'm looking up here. uh, I think, so he plays a lot of characters named Bill, um, but the straight up that's that's his name. But he in this he's, he plays Bill Wong in that, but also like Uncle Bill Wong. And then I'm looking at his uh, his credits here, and especially towards the end of his life, he played a character named Uncle Bill in a lot of movies. Uh, he was in something called The Banquet, where he played Uncle Bill. Rumble in the Bronx, he was playing Uncle Bill. All of these movies, he's Uncle Bill. Well, in some cases, he's he's the uncle, as in you know, like his dad's brother kind of thing. But in some right. cases, it's a it's the cultural thing where you call any uh, older male who you you know treat with respect as uncle, or you address an older woman as auntie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which is not something we really do here, unless they're like an an honorary aunt, like f- friend of the family, you right? Know? Right. Yeah, apparently he was called Uncle Bill as a uh, a sports announcer. He he was the announcer for like horse <laughs> jockeying before he ever was in Jackie Chan movies. Cool. 
That's pretty rad. Uh, yeah, you know, he's great. I love him in this movie. Uh, moving on to some of our other discussion topics. Um, Jackie's trademark weaponizing of his environment. And we've touched on this a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, everything and anything is a weapon, including clothing racks. I love uh, that part. That part's yeah, so great. It's so That's great. That's my favorite. This is my favorite thing about Jackie Chan films, 100%, is how he will take just random objects in his environment and turn them into weaponry against his opponents. It's really so. great. It's it's up there with, it's one of my favorite things he does along with like, he gets in a, a lot of like closed spaces, like finally he does a lot of like really like close stuff, you know, like not like uh, we're in this fairly empty space between the two of us. So it's just our fighting. Um, I'm, especially here, like the car scene is what I'm thinking of. Uh, where when a bunch of thugs attack him and Selena oh, yeah. in, in the cars and um, he's using, you know, like car doors to fight him off or like they're in the back seat. And, like one guy goes in the back seat and he comes out and just there's a, a gr- I thought it was in this one. It's in the second one, which we'll have to uh, watch just for this scene alone. He has a great fight in a playground in the second one, which is all about like the weaponizing of the environment. And it's really good. Yeah, and, and to my understanding, some of his stunts in this film, particularly toward the finale, are really some of the most legendary in his canon. Uh, so there is that, I guess it's not weaponization of the environment as much as it is just a really unique way to utilize it as a form of transport to the bottom of the right. mall. Uh, right. I didn't so, believe that I mean, was real <laughs> until I looked it up. It's also legendary because he got, you know, badly injured. Horribly injured. <laughs> yeah. The, the stunt that we're talking about for anybody who didn't watch the movie or is trying to go off memory is the one when he slides down the pole at the very end that's like covered in lights. So lights are like exploding off of it as he's coming down. Uh, and they show it from three different angles uh, in the film itself, which I, I read some commentary that was like, this would be pure hubris if it wasn't one of the greatest stunts in action movie history. <laughs> like, I, I agree with that, that it's, it, yeah, if it was any other movie it would feel like overindulgence, but I love the way that it's, it's shown from these different angles. And yeah, he got like second degree burns on his hands. Cause the, cause of, like the lights were so hot and uh, like uh, injured his pelvis and his back and just really wrecked himself doing it. And I worth it. I gotta say, <laughs> he pretty pretty much like they, they did it with no rehearsal. He almost like didn't do it because it's so frightening, but it's amazing. Yeah, someone yeah. gave him. Um, I, it was like a it was like a, a prayer doll or something like that to put in his pocket right before he jumped because he was so scared to do it. And he had talked about doing a stunt like this for years. And I guess they had to get it done quickly and they had to get it done all in one take because all this stuff they're doing in the mall for the most part was shot in one night because they had to not only shoot that night, but then also make the mall ready for shoppers in the morning. That's <laughs> so funny to me. Which that is Nicole, crazy that it's one night of shooting. Yeah, absolutely bonkers. And I guess you can do that when you're not like there's there's not there's no stuntmen. There's not there's not like they're doing effects work. It's not like they need special shots. It's just well, I mean, I mean, there's well, like there's no there's no one standing in for Jackie. That's right. what I mean. Well, the, the most dramatic stunts of like jumping down escalators and stuff is mostly him. Yeah, there's yeah. W- one shot I think where he has a, it's where like the motorcycle is driving him through like of some displays. I think is not him right. it's the only time he like, has a stand in. 
and and May gets thrown down a bunch of stairs again. It's really sad uh, and happens like three times in a row. Just poor, poor May. May. Yeah, yeah. It, but this this scene, I guess, was referred to as glass story uh, amongst the crew because just the sheer amount of sugar glass that they had to make and break in order to shoot these scenes before he comes down the pole when they're at the top of right. the shopping mall. And, oh, it's so painful to watch because anything and everything is glass and they get thrown in the glass. Yeah. They get pushed in the glass. He gets his head smashed into it. Um, every mm-hmm. de- possible display near them is annihilated. And and everyone's cut up. Like the movie's not, it's not really a bloody movie, but it's, it's, it's like distressing to watch. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like I even if that's sugar glass, that's there's a lot of people getting injuries on this movie. And and they it was like double pane sugar glass. It was like it was like extra thick so it would look more realistic, <laughs> which it does, but the trade-off in that is that even <laughs> though it still breaks fairly easily, you have to put more force. Like the the reason they use sugar glass is because it breaks super easy into like a thousand little pieces and it's fine. This like it it it's breaking off as real glass would in these like big chunks that you know in order to break it even oh like when you're smashing your head into it has to really hurt like the guy uh one of one of my favorite ones is when he he jackie chan like trips up this guy and he goes spinning through the air and goes into this display and it's a really neat shot but it's like oh that had to that had to hurt that had to hurt <laughs> well there's a shot where just going jackie down the stairs you know yeah like, they must have been padded to heck oh. under their clothes getting yes. thrown down the stairs because there's absolutely nothing that she's landing on other than the hard uh, mall floor. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah even, in the, even in the outtakes from the scene where he chases down a bus, because uh, we didn't really talk too much about that aside from the umbrella, because after the umbrella stunt fails, he then chases the bus and it's just oh, man yeah. v bus. Um man wins and he like stands in front of it and all the bad guys go flying through the front windows and land on the pavement and i saw the outtake oh and the outtake in 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 the credits there there's not padding they just did that no they they were supposed to land on the car they were originally like the plan was they were going to land on the car but there was something about like the the brakes in the bus that uh made it that they uh, okay, the, the scene where the villains crash through the bus window and fall onto the ground was an accident. They were supposed to fall onto the car, but due to the air brakes of the bus, there was pump back creating space between the bus and the car. So uh, they just had to do that fall onto the pavement. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's that shot back in the mall where one of the bad guys grabs Jackie by the head and just pushes him into a you know glass window and it doesn't fully shatter the window but you get this long lingering shot of a bloody jackie chan being entirely disoriented by this like it gets him for a moment yeah there's there's a reason no insurance company will insure jackie yeah. chan's stunt team <laughs> so like he he's the one covering the medical costs yeah the, with how often he almost dies for the sake of his movies Makes sense. Yeah, I, I definitely had a moment when I was watching those outtakes in the credits where I was just like, he did this so I could just have a stupid fun time for an hour and a half. Like, this is just a movie, but man, this man put himself through quite a bit of physical torment <laughs> um, and those around him in order to make movies like this. Now, 
Additionally, uh, according to Edward Tang, the script was written around props and locations that Jackie wanted to use in the stunts, so like a bus, a shopping mall, things like that. So, and that's really kind of inverse to my understanding of how you would normally write a script. Yeah, you would normally be like, here's the plot, and we're going to, you know, if it's <laughs> right. an action movie, we'll write in, you know, a big shootout happens here in the third act, and, you know, whatever the script takes us. But this, it was much more Jackie Chan being like, here's the stunts I want to do. Now let's write a movie that lets me do them. Yeah. And, and surprisingly, I, I wouldn't have guessed that like the, the plot it's, it's, it's a simple plot, right? Like he defends her for half the movie and then he goes after revenge for the other half of the movie. Like it's not particularly complex, but it's cohesive. Like it, it holds together really well. Except for the part where the drug lord's secretary has an office in a mall. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was confusing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, where is she? Why are they staking out the mall? Why? <laughs> right. so. it, could, it could have been like, it, what's really funny about that too is they could have just been like, oh, the office is right next to the mall and she walks into the mall and they spot her there. They were just like, nah, the office is in the mall. That's, that's easier. Let's right. just go with that. Or it's a skyscraper and it's mostly offices, but there's a mall on the bottom two floors or right. what have you. But no, let's nope. just not explain it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I and, and thinking about that, I was trying to think of some of the other fights in the film. Just to print out all the evidence on dot matrix printer. I know. (laughs) So, you know, she was, she was sitting there for a good, like it took them probably like half an hour to get there, which is fine. Cause that's how long that printing would have taken. At least. Yeah. And he was prepared to just ardently stare at that door for hours with may waiting, eating chicken. (laughs) Poor may, uh, man. So, there's another scene I also wanted to very briefly talk about, too, that was the moment that I was like, oh, this movie is particularly slapsticky. Before the cakes, it's when he has one of his police buddies come and pretend to be uh, a bad guy ha- hanging out in Selena's house to scare uh, her into being cooperative for his protection. And it's just this we but he spends like he waits like five six minutes before coming into the house to save her and in that time his police buddy while wearing this ridiculous mask just keeps saying i'm gonna get you i'm gonna cut you up like it's so it's so bad yeah, stabs a lot of cushions you know stabs mm-hmm. the bed stabs the couch stabs a pillow Right. Uh, so there's a lot of feathers and things flying everywhere. And then he loses his mask and just like keeps one hand over his face. Yes. The whole time <laughs> while he's got the knife in the other hand. That was so pretty he's, like, funny. Staring between his fingers, and the, and you know Jackie comes in and he she accident she knocks out the uh, cop pretending to be a bad guy and Jackie has to pretend the other guy's still conscious and fighting him. <laughs> I love it's, that. This whole extended thing, yeah, it's all—it's very weekend at Bernie's for a minute, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's it is. around. Yeah, it's also—it's—it's it's only a thing that Jackie Chan can do, right? Is he, is he has this other person? He's like he's flopping around in this very specific, which would make him make, try to make him seem like he's still like moving. And there's just something about the whole physicality of it that is so Jackie Chan. Yes. 
Now, now the physical prowess of Jackie Chan, especially in this movie, we've talked about it a little bit so far. Uh, Nicole, do you want to read the quote you found from Karen Han of Polygon? That's not from oh, me. Oh, I'm sorry, from David. <laughs> Almost stole your quote there. Uh, David, you found a great quote on this. Yes. Oh, I guess I'll read it now. Um, <laughs> so yeah, from Karen Han of Polygon, she said, the actor never lies to the audience, in part because he's more than just the film star. Chan is the heart and brain of the police story films and the lengths he goes to in order to impress and entertain extend beyond what we see on screen. That he's also charismatic, can flip between comedy and drama, and can pull off every stunt demanded of him, even if it may take a few tries, makes him a rarity. And the police store films are the... And the and the police story films, the pinnacle of his career. Mm. Nicole disagrees with this take. Uh, it's because I've seen Drunken Master 2. Um, yes. <laughs> but, yeah, I, yeah, he does. He does. Yeah, I'm just, I, it doesn't, it doesn't sit as well because of what we found out today. <laughs> Yes, yeah. About him not being that great a person off screen. Um, so I don't know how much we want to talk about it, but he's, you know, he, he's, he came out with a memoir where he you know, outed himself on all of these things, even though, you know, they've been reported in the, mm -hmm. the Chinese press and the Hong Kong press for years now. It just doesn't get over here. Over here in America, he's definitely got the reputation of being this kind of... Um, dorkily charming um uh, athletically <laughs> um proficient uh really entertaining you know martial artist in action movies and you know he, but he's also somebody who has cheated on his wife extensively and mm -hmm. taken drugs and had a drinking problem and is a terrible father to both of his children um and you know, it's it's it makes me sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, he he says that he has worked hard to actively change his ways, and I and I truly hope that that is true. Um, yeah, I hope so too. You you found also a great quote from somebody who was uh, talking about this very subject, um, which I I think sums up kind of the feelings on it really nicely, Nicole. Which was, I don't I don't want to let my love of his work blind me to the flaws of the man but I won't let the flaws in the man blind me to the genius of his work either. I think there's a, a lot to that. Like we can really recognize, especially reflected in his writing that Jackie Chan had, has some issues and he had some stuff that he had to work through and reportedly he's changed. And boy, I really hope that's true. That doesn't change that at the time of this movie in a time, a lot of his, some of his best work, you know, he wasn't a great human being. Yeah. And at the same time, he was also doing stunts and, and pushing stunts to a whole new degree and giving us like entertainment that no one else possibly could. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is, um, the, I think, I think the, hmm. yeah, I mean, you know, we, we have this discussion over and over again about separating the art and the artist and what we can do. This one is a little bit less of a, I mean, it's still problematic, but it, it's a little mm. bit less of a problem for me because the things that he did were mostly damaging to himself. Mm -hmm. um, and right. if we never watched another actor who was a terrible father, we <laughs> our movies would be very limited. Um, 
but yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm very hopeful that it's true that he is actively, you know, working to change himself at the, now that he's in his sixties, um, and that he, you know, maybe does some things to make up for his previous behavior. Hopefully. Yeah. As you said, Nicole, I mean, it's, it's a tale as old as time that we've talked about extensively on the show and, you know, to which I just say like, Hey, I, I can still separate my love of Kanye's music and of John Lennon's music. And like the, 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 the tr- troubled artist that is a very questionable human being uh, is, is just such commonplace. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I, I, for a second, I was going to make an observation about whether or not the arts in general, maybe attract people that are more troubled sometimes, but I think it's just, we're all, there's, just there are a lot of people have a lot of issues and the fact that these people have a spotlight shown on them makes it public to us. Um, mm. So yeah, I mean like I can still love Kanye and John Lennon and understand that both are very, very problematic people. Uh, and, and that's just, it seems like that is the same thing here with, with, with Jackie Chan. And, and to an extent, like when I was reading articles about this movie, particularly from the time in which it came out, there were so many calls to Sylvester Stallone and people talking about like, Oh my gosh, he's, you know, there's Sylvester Stallone. And like, we, we talked about him, what, two weeks ago and about how he's, you know, he's problematic as well. Uh, but people seem to separate him from his work. Uh, and he has some genius work. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know if we're going to, we're going to solve it all right here on this podcast <laughs> right now. I think it, I think it comes down to individual, you know, there's probably some people who have learned what Jackie Chan has done and they're like, okay, that's it. No more Jackie Chan for me. And it's like, okay, you know what? That's fair. That's, that's totally fair. Um, I think he is, is one of the people where maybe there's a little bit of like growing up on some of his movies kind of takes me a bit, but I also have never, you know, I've, I've, I've only ever viewed him as this amazing stunt, uh, an action star. Um, so for, for me, like that's the realm he's always kind of existed in. Uh, so to hear like outside of that in his personal life, he's not a great person. It's like, Oh man, that really sucks. That's really disappointing. But for my view of him, it has always been, here's this guy who's done this amazing stunt work. And that is still who he is to me. Now, now talking about his his career beyond beyond police story, it seems to me like he's also and tell me if I'm wrong because I've only seen what now two Jackie Chan films. Um, it seems like he was able to kind of harness some of what he was playing around with in this movie with the slapstick comedy and the 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 charming comedy that he kind of weaves in throughout this uh, to varying degrees of success in his career, particularly to appeal maybe more to Western audiences than other kung fu artists have been able to do like I have not seen Donnie Yen in movies like what's the one he does with Owen Wilson um Shanghai Shanghai Noon yeah both of them um I have not seen them I've seen some about them they don't look great (laughs) and they have so I mean but 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 like that it's with Owen Wilson right (laughs) like like that brand of comedy I don't see any other kung fu masters in but but in those films, a little bit like different because in those ones, he's actually playing the straight man. Um, same with the the Rush Hour movies. He is the the very serious buttoned up one who's typically on some sort of very important mission who gets teamed up with the 
loud, goofy American. Interesting. Okay. Rush Hour, directed by Brett Ratner. Oh, no, we're going to back up. <laughs> Not a Google rabbit hole I want to go down. No Brett Ratner for me. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. you didn't know that? No, I know, I, I know about him. I just didn't know he directed Rush Hour. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All righty. Well, uh, kind of closing out here. This was wonderful for me, nonetheless, to be exposed to a Jackie Chan film I'd never seen before and what seems to be one of the most beloved of his career for for good reason. This is so much fun from beginning to end. Yes, it has its 80s quirks that are bizarre. Yes, there's some stuff in it that I keep saying problematic because that's our favorite word of the 2020, but it's true. And yeah, there's stuff that's cringy, but there's still a charm to this style of cop movie from the 80s and seeing it done with Jackie Chan in his own way was a lot of fun for me and I really enjoyed it. Um, Nicole, police story, what did you think returning to it? I, I mean, yeah, it, it is a, a lot of it is a lot of fun. There's just some problems with the pacing, especially the parts that are like just taking place in the drug lords um, offices and home. It's, it gets a little slow there. Um, I mean, it's it's got some fantastic stunt work in it. It's got some great physical comedy in it. It's the 80s it's a product of the 80s and you've got to keep that in mind when you're watching it um so i mean yeah it's it is one of his it's one of the better examples of his work um i don't know that i'd point people to it as like their first jackie chan movie necessarily but it's definitely one to include if you're going to do like a retrospective right it's definitely impossible to ignore in his career. Yes. Absolutely. Especially Did, since there were six of six police story movies. <laughs> yeah, and at least two of them are good. <laughs> uh David, re- revisiting it for this show, um, I know you're the one who picked it, but any any final thoughts on police story and, and what you got out of it this run through? No, having seen it, because um, you know, growing up I'd seen bits and pieces of it. I, I don't remember when the first time I actually saw it all the way through was, but having seen it a year ago um, and then seeing it now, uh, I will say that watching it in double feature, I got some stuff mixed up with the second one. Um, so I'll just have to bring that to the podcast at some point because I really want to <laughs> talk about some of the stuff in there because some of the even crazier stunts are in that one. Um, but uh, yeah, everything we've we've said here is you really have to take it with the context of the time, and uh, and realize that some of it's not going to hold up today, but it is still probably some of the most impressive stunt work. We live in an era now where so many stunts are CGI'd, and like there's still some cool practical stuff, but a lot of it is like ah, big explosion, and like yeah, that looks neat, but there's something about him going down a pole. He's just going down a pole, which like saying that seems so simple. But when you watch it, you're like, whoa, that's crazy. Right. I, I just really love. Yeah. That, and that's I mean, very... there's nothing like watching the end credits of a Jackie Chan film. No, <laughs> there is not. David, you, you hit on like a perfect note there for me, which is that there's things he does in this movie that as a modern viewer in 2020, I shouldn't be as impressed by. But because I know he's doing it for real, I'm even more impressed than if I had seen something 10 times as big CGI'd or done in a, you know, a way that I know wasn't fully authentic. Just going down that pole is really cool. 
So yeah. Right on. Police story. Great pick, David. Uh, that will do it for Around the World. Reminder, next week is you did this to us. So check in the show notes. We'll know uh, later on what our movie is going to be. So we'll be sure to include it in the show notes. But we'll go around the horn right, right. now and see what we can and find. With our guest, Patrick With Walsh. our guest. Yes, Patrick Walsh. Screen Queens podcast. I am super excited. I have been listening to his podcast for a couple of years now, and he's delightful. <laughs> right on. I absolutely cannot wait. Uh, David, where can people find you online? I don't know the username Davlas. It's D-A-V-L-U-Z. Find me on Twitter. See what I'm up to there. Very good. And you, Nicole? I take care of our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Podcast. Right on. You can find me on Twitter at I am Brett Stewart. And my call to action here at the end of the show is just going to be you did this to us is coming up next week. I've said it a couple times. I'll bear, bear through it one more time for me. We want your interaction. Go on Facebook. Go on Twitter. Just type in Movie Go Round. You don't have to find the handles and all that crap. Just look for Movie Go Round. It'll pop up. And just go ahead and vote and follow and like those pages. Not just for the numbers. The numbers are cool. We'd like to see those. But more particularly because we want your engagement as an audience to help us pick these movies. Because whenever we do have those weeks where we're getting dozens and dozens of votes and we're having to keep refreshing the page hours before the poll is closing because we're not really sure sure what we're going to be watching yet because there's four movies in contention with one another that's when this gets really fun and it's fun for us and hopefully fun for you guys as well so be sure to check out you did this to us weeks over on our social network platforms but we will see you next week for that for you did this to us see you then Oh, and Future Me is going to pop in right now and tell you that we are watching Catwoman next episode. When this episode was recorded, we were still voting. You guys were still picking what we were going to watch. We will be watching Catwoman. See you then. Catwoman.